Welcome to Define You Radio, the place to be for real talk and real tips to help you define your personal and professional life. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. Hello and welcome to the 2018 season of Define You Radio. I am your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Define You Radio is the place to get the life lessons, strategies, and more to help you define life on your own terms. Make sure you are subscribed and connected to all things Define You, including Define You Movement, where classes and sessions seven days a week. You can find out more at www.defineuradio.com. Well, this month's series is on purpose, and I'm really excited about tonight's guest. So class is in session with Ms. Lisa Danforth, and we're going to talk a little bit about business, balance, all the unapologetic things kings and queens who want to start businesses, and you don't know how to make it all fit. So tonight, we're going to try to put a few of those pieces together. We're going to give you some tips. So with that being said, let me tell you a little bit about Ms. Lisa. She's a firm believer that business doesn't have to be so hard. She's a seasoned business strategist, and she helps establish businesses scale while maintaining work-life balance. Hi, Ms. Lisa. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you, Valencia. I'm super excited to be in class. Well, the one thing about the show that I love, because it's Define You Radio classes and sessions, and I tell people, you know, get your pens and papers ready because life is a learning experience, and we should always be taking notes. We're constantly learning. So I I started keeping a, a sticky pad in my car so that way I could pull over, just depending on where I'm at, I could jot like one word or two words down that will make me remember it. Mm-hmm. Even with, with books, with business, everything, nothing will come to you at a convenient time. No. Yeah, put a sticky pad in your car. <laughs> I love it. So, I love it. It, it adds to that, that balance, creating the balance of always having the time to write those things down. That's wonderful. So you are a business strategist. Tell us a little bit about what that is and, and what exactly exactly do you do for those that don't know what a business strategist is and why they may need one? Um, so what a business strategist is, it's, and it's really different for everyone, but what I bring to the table is um, I'm a four-time, 27-year business owner. So I am a, a serial entrepreneur. So I bring so many different aspects to the table in that I know what it's like to grow a business. I know what it's like to want to be able to create this business that is going to sustain the lifestyle that I want to have, the freedom, the fulfillment, the joy, and all of that. But when the business gets up and running, it's like, oh, gosh, now what? You know, we go into business, and that doesn't mean that we actually know how to run a business. It doesn't mean that we know how to, you know, um, communicate properly, lead a team to be able to delegate. And those are all the things that are really necessary in growing a business because we can only grow so large as a one-person team, right? So to be able to know, you know, to, to create that vision of, that you're really excited about and those goals that you can move towards so that you can then create a roadmap to get there 
and to be able to execute that. And that's where a lot of people get tripped up. They've got this vision of where they want to go, but they don't create a roadmap that's going to help guide them so they know what they're doing, when they're doing it, but also why they're doing it so that we can then, in the moments of choice, we can make choices that are going to move us closer to our goals as opposed to something that's going to move us further away because you're either moving closer to your goal or not because the time that you're expending, the energy you're expending is not, you can't recoup it. So what I bring to the table really is stepping back and looking at that big vision and how to map it out so that you can then start moving towards it in a, an efficient and an effective manner, all while enjoying the process, all while enjoying the ride, all while learning and excited about what life is presenting to you. And then my kind of secret sauce of what I bring to it is mindset, because we as business owners, and specifically women really, um, we have a certain, we, we can get in our own way in the growth and being able to do those things that we know that we need to do to grow the business to the success that we're looking to grow it at. So that mindset piece is a big component. I agree with everything you said 150%. Um, and one of the things as a as a business owner that I had to learn is that it, it's easier to start a business than running a business. Mm-hmm. And with running it, you have to realize you're limiting your income if everything you do to make money, you have to put your hands on. It definitely has been a battle with me and getting in my own wake. Yeah. Um, and in the, all of that, I think, is it's an interpretation. It's how our past um, kind of helps us interpret what it is that's in front of us. So if we are taught to only be a boss, and that is, that's who we are. And we show up. I like to say that identity drives behavior. So if our identity is one thing, that's how we're going to be able to, that's how we show up. So if we truly believe that we're the only ones that can actually operate this business and make it run, then that is, you know, whoever we hire is never going to be successful in the job that we've hired them to do, right? Yeah. So we need, we need to be able to, um, believe that we have the capability to communicate, to articulate, and to create a job that somebody else can step into that they can be successful at, that they can be the entrepreneur of their career, of their life. And when we, when we can equip our team and we can delegate in a way and communicate what our vision is for this business to be able to move forward, we're empowering our team to do what it takes to not only help our business along, which is why we hire them, but to also help them fulfill their mission in life as well. We need to know how to communicate to our team and to delegate to the people around us in a way that's inviting them to step into a larger space, to take some ownership, and to be innovative. And we need to be able to create a platform for people to step into a very safe space that they're going to experiment. They're going to say, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, let's, I know you've been doing it this way, but let's try this way. My experience has been this work. This works great. So to invite our team into a space that is very safe for them to try something new and fail. Because if we don't create an environment for our team to step forward and step into a bigger space, And I know a lot of people have an issue with that. If you knew the one thing I needed to do 
to to grow my business effectively so I could achieve more work-life balance was to build a team. Like how how do we do that? How do you how do you build it build a team when you know, especially if you're somebody like me that like to have their hands in everything, but I I know I'm limiting myself. Like what advice would you give me to building a team? What is going to move the needle uh, the greatest amount within your business? So bringing someone in, we often want to hire somebody because it's that's easy for them to come in and it's easy for them to do, right? But right. those easy things aren't always the best thing that for us to hand off. We want to be able to look at what is it that we, that we do repetitively that we could systematize so that we can then hand off to someone else so that when they're coming on board, we've got a process for them to step into so they feel safe and say, okay, so this is what I need to do. This is when I'm doing it. Not that you need a minute-by-minute structure, but to look at what is it that you're repetitively doing that you could hand off that would move the dial the most within your business. It's actually going to open up time for you in your day to start looking at the revenue-generating activities that's really going to move the dial. Um, a simple one that I always recommend is, the first one really is bookkeeping. For some reason, people don't want to hand off their books, but they can hand off, you know, for, to balance a checkbook and get everything. It's probably going to take them two or three hours a month, but they can hand it off for half an hour, 45 minutes for someone who does it. And if you are billed at, let's say, if you get a bill for $40 for an hour, but that frees up two to three hours of your time, what is the revenue generating activity that you could be doing, right? So instead of investing your time into this $40, you're handing it off for $40, but you could be making 500 So to really look at what can you hand off, when you hand it off, have a clear vision of what are you going to be doing with that time so that you can start expanding the business and, and getting it to the level that you want. And again, expanding doesn't mean getting it up to a multi-level business. It might be expanding it to the level that I could bring one more person on and then I could actually drop down to 30 hours a week and I could be delegating more. Hiring on a team and delegating is how we achieve more without doing more. And when we're able to do that, guess what happens? We create more balance within our lives. We, we can have that fulfillment, joy, and freedom. I'm guilty of this, and I know plenty of business men and women that's guilty of this. We're pushing 2.30, 3.30 mornings, doing the 80 hours a week. We're starting a business to, quote, unquote, have more time with our family, but we're actually taking time. Work-life balance is what it is that you want. It's not working 40 hours a week and the rest of the time, um, you know, playing or whatever it is. Work-life balance is what you determine fulfills you. So for me and the work that I do, I am completely juiced in what I do. I love it. It feeds my soul. So I'm going to work more than other people. So to create that work-life balance, what we really need to start with is a very clear vision of where we want our business to go and to grow to. A, a, a vision that we're really excited about and, and goals that we can then create that roadmap. And once we have that roadmap that's attached to that vision that we're excited about, then that time management piece, which trips a lot of us up, doesn't, isn't quite as, it doesn't trip us up as much. It's, it's, we are able to say no to things, even if we want to do them, 
because it's not moving us closer to our goals. So we're not adding more and more and more and more to our plate because, oh, that sounds good and that's exciting. Oh, I want to do that. We're actually being able to discern between the trivial many and the vital few that will bring us towards creating the life that we want, spending more time with our family, feeling more joy instead of feeling out of control and, and overwhelm. But it's all got to start with that vision or else you're not exactly sure where you're headed. You're not exactly sure our long-term vision helps with short-term decision-making. Yeah, isn't that great? It's so true. And it really helps you say no in the moment, even to the things that you want to do but are actually taking your eye off the goal, off the prize. And taking your eye off the prize is when your work-life balance gets totally out of whack. So the key component is creating that vision so that you are aware of the work-life balance that fulfills you, not what society says it needs to be, not what your mother says it needs to be, not what your partner says it needs to be, but what it is with you, and to be able to own that unapologetically so that you can then step into and do what it takes and set the boundaries and the structures in place so that you can create this life that you want to live and contribute in the manner in which you want to contribute. One of the mistakes I see people do, and I've done this, when people first start a a business, they take every, like, I got to take every opportunity for my business to be successful. So I love that you said the trivial many, because it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't get them to that big picture. But they feel like they have to take every opportunity or every client or whatever that comes their way. Why do you think this is? Because they don't have a clear vision, period. I mean, it's really simple. But, again, simple does not mean easy. Mm. So, and, and I say that, I don't want to say tongue-in-cheek, but I say that also wanting to emphasize that when we do start out in business, it is very hard to have an extreme clarity of where you want to go. But it is really important to sit down and, and spend time creating that vision. But when we start new businesses, let's admit, we need to try things more than, than we would when we are clearly defined, a year, two years, five years down the road, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak with this person. I'm going to try this out. Realizing, oh, this is great. This is not the avenue that I want to take. Some people might call it failure, but we're learning, we're learning what doesn't work. We're learning what we don't want to do. So when we are in business, when we're first starting, I, yeah, you are probably going to have to work a few more hours than you want to go and grow to. You are probably going to be taking on clients that you may not be sure you want to work with. You know that you can service, you can be a service to them, but maybe not at the level or the capacity that you want to. But by taking that on, You've learned, right? It's an education. Right. But making sure that you, if you're not sure if you're in alignment with them, but making sure that you can still be of service is the important component. But we have to do things. You Mm -hmm. will never go through life only doing the things that are going to move you forward because you're not quite sure what's going to move you forward. You need to be innovative. You need to be creative. And you need to be willing to step out into a larger space and be willing to fail in order to grow, in order to expand in, internally, externally, spiritually, uh, financially, all of that. So of, to be able to – go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say one of, the, one of the things that I see, and um, social media will have you thinking 
that everybody starts a business and overnight they have a $1 million house and, you know, this fabulous life, you know, because we could all put forward the, the image we want people to see. And a, and a lot of people will get frustrated after they've started their business because they think everybody is not having to work as hard as them. What would you say to a client that came to you with that mindset? Like, I feel like I'm not moving fast enough. This person's in the same business, and they're really successful, and I'm, I feel like I'm, it's not working for me. What would you say to them? I would say very clearly stay in your own lane. <laughs> when, you <are> continually <laughs> when you are continually looking into somebody else's lane, when you are continually taking your attention, your focus, your energy, all of it, and focusing on what others are doing, not what you are doing and not staying in your lane, your um, focus, your energy, your efforts are watered down. Well, they're doing this. I'm going to try this. And these guys are successful, and I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try this. So that when you stay in your own lane and you look at, that looks like a really cool thing to do, but what I'm focusing on right now, where my vision is, where my goals are, what my roadmap is, where I'm executing within my business plan right now is this. So I'm going to take that idea, that thought, that really cool, you know, webinar or whatever it might be, and put that on my goals list, and I can start looking at that. But if I am on my path, if I'm driving down the highway and I continually go off path, if I continually get out of my lane, I will probably, maybe, eventually reach my goal, my destination that I want to go to. But it's going to take me a lot longer to get there. Stay in your lane. What are you focusing on? That's why it is so important to have a vision that you are excited about. Because you can always hold that up to continually Steer your vision back to it. When that shiny object comes up and your your self-judgment pops up and your um, jealousy, oh, my God, they're making them twice the amount of money that I'm making. Well, you don't know how – you don't know all the details. Keep your eye on your prize, on your goal, in your lane, and continue moving forward. And then let's be honest. If they don't post the bank statement or the check, I don't <laughs> – you really don't know because I'll see people, you know, post, oh, I made this today or, you know, I have this or whatever, and I'm like, no, number one. <laughs> right. And, 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 well, that's part of it. And the other part of it, you know, I'm Southern. Some stuff you keep to yourself. You don't ever let anybody know how much money you have in your pocket. I don't know if that's a Southern thing, a life thing, or – you know, an age thing. But if I have, if I got a million dollar book writing contract, no one's gonna know un- until I'm spending the million. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. and probably not even even then. Like, you just, you know, it's just crazy. Everybody's different, and I and you have to respect the lane you're in. Because I'll see, mm-hmm. honestly, I'll see people doing. One thing one day, and it seems like they're, okay, they're rolling with this this idea or this business or this lane they're in, and then a month later, they're doing something completely opposite. And my feelings is I lose trust in you as a business person because you don't know 
what you're doing or or how you're doing it or, or you're switching lanes that have that's not even in the same race do you do you see that a lot also or is it just me um i see it a bunch in newer businesses the ones that are really established, for the most part, what I find is that they've found their niche. They've, they've gotten their goal. They know which lane is going to get them where they're going to, um, as long as they stay focused on their goal. If they start to um, water down their messaging, if they start to get confused on where it is that they're going, is when they're going to start bringing in um, you know, two or three or four different objectives of, and, and things to be working towards. But it is really important to identify who you are, what your mission is, and stay in that lane. And I just want to say that identity drives behavior. We live into who we believe we are, even if those beliefs aren't true. And we can see it really clearly in everyone else. It's hard to see in ourselves. And most people can think of at least one person in their life that are not living up to their true potential because of their belief within themselves. So it's really important to who to really look at who you identify as. And I always have my clients do a, a little project on in writing down, I am. I am someone who is dedicated. I am someone who is successful. I am someone who is who gets up in the morning. I am someone who is healthy. I am someone who contributes instead of. I'm someone who is un, you know, disorganized. I'm someone who can never get out of my own way. I am someone who sleeps in. God, I can never get. Then we live into those beliefs because we've already cut ourselves some slack. Of well, I'm just you know I can't stay focused. I have shiny object interests. I'm over here anyway. Instead of saying no, this is what the here's my vision and this is where I'm going to so that we stay in our own lane. So if we believe that we are, I like to say Olympic athletes wake up every day behaving, acting, being an Olympic athlete. Their actions are moving them closer to their goal. They're not sitting around eating pizza, drinking beer, and watching TV three or four hours a day. They're getting up, they're exercising. They're motivated because of their identity, their belief within themselves. So we move towards that identity of who we are. So be very careful when you say, what, after the words, I am. I'm sure you've seen that quote, I, you know, I am, two of the most powerful words you'll ever say because what you say after them is, becomes your reality. It's the same so thing. So that means I need to stop saying I'm not a morning person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I need to stop and saying stop. I am a person that gets up in the morning. Oh, my well, God. here's the thing. It, you may not be, but... but I have I have one client. She tried like hell to fit into that nine to five, um, really focused job. She has her own business, and she kept struggling. And it was you know she was she couldn't get the things done that she wanted to. But then she realized her, the hours that were ideal for her were from twelve to eight. So she got up in the morning when she wanted to get up. She walked her dog. She worked out. You know she she did some exercise. She spent some time in the kitchen baking whatever. She got to her desk at twelve. She has her time management under control. She is in no, it's much, much less overwhelmed. Um, she's growing her business. She's ma- making the impact that she wants to make because she realized that morning was not, morning is not for everyone. It's simply not. But if you're getting up late and you're fading at 3 o'clock, then you need to make a choice of which one's going to work for me. 
So determine which one it is and don't judge yourself, but just live into it and create the most impact that you can within the time frame that works for your body and your psyche. And I love that you said that because it makes me feel better. You know, and but one of the things, you know, we always see those quotes and hear those things ever since we were little kids. The early bird gets the worm. And, you know, if you go to You may to not want the worm. <laughs> right. You know, and my thing was that was that was a battle for me. And I'm I'm still adjusting to to that because I do own my own business, so I'm on my own clock. And trying to undo those messages of, you know, if you get up early, it's, you know, it's so much better. You could get more stuff done. This is what rich, successful people do, get up at 5 a.m. And I'm like, no, that's just the way my brain is set up. Yeah, that's, no. (laughs) We're constantly keeping track of ourselves. We're constantly um, keeping score for ourselves. So if we try to get up out of bed every morning and we want to exercise and that's just what we need to, you know, that's what I need to do. That's what I should do. We are shooting all over ourselves all the time. We are setting ourselves up for failure if it just isn't who we are. So if you aren't going to work out first thing in the morning, then stop saying that that's what you need to be doing. If it fits in better your schedule at noontime at 3 or at 7 p.m., But the idea is we need to have a safe space to be innovative, to be creative, and figure out what works for us. And it's how we step into unapologetically owning our gifts and being who we are. And when we can do that, and we can say, you know what, I am not getting out of bed until 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm just not. It doesn't feed my soul. It drains me, (laughs) and I get up beating myself up every single morning because I don't get out of bed. I'm supposed to get up at 7 but I don't, or 6, and I don't get up until 8 or 8.30. That's no way to start your day. But determine what's going to work for you and then unapologetically do it. Don't live into other people's expectations of the early bird gets the worm, and if you're not up by 6 a.m., sorry, business isn't where you, know, where you should be at. And like you said, I may not even want the worm. You want the fish. You want the filleted fish. You know, you want a nice little right. piccata in there. <laughs> and it's um, and then my my son is older, so being that my family is grown, basically, um, I don't have to get up at five thirty, six thirty to get him ready for school. And I remember waiting my whole life, or his whole life, saying, "I can't wait to the day I don't have to get up at." 6.30 to get him ready for school. And, you know, my son, he's about to be 21. So, um, and then when that day came, I dealt with that whole, you're out of sync. You should be up doing something, you know. Sure. So that is a, a definite um, mindset and mentality thing is, you know, being able to enjoy those things. And I never forget someone asked me one day, it was, I got up at like eight or nine or something. And someone said, well, don't you have to get up at at 630 or seven? Don't you have to get your kids ready for school? It was someone that really didn't know me. And I was like, I have one child and he's old enough to get himself up. And I'm, and I enjoy sleeping late, but I feel guilty about it as a business owner, even though I have nothing I may not have nothing to do that morning. 
So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> it is a whole other thing. And I, and I laugh because for me, I mean, I am a morning person. I love getting up about 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. It, 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 it is me. But, boy, by 9 o'clock at night, I am de- like all my friends are going out, and I'm thinking, I just want to go to bed. And that, there's guilt in that as well. I should be able to go out. I should. It's my natural rhythm, and your natural rhythm is not getting up early. And there should be no guilt. And you know, can you imagine if we all did the same thing all the time? Everybody gets up at 5.30. Everybody eats by 7. Everybody exercises. You know, it wouldn't be very fun, would it? What, what makes life so wonderful and inviting is that it's different, it's creative, and we get to choose. And I'm sure that helps with time management. And I heard a quote somewhere, read it somewhere that says, you know, there's no such thing as managing time or, or time management. What are, what are your feelings about time management and how do we even begin to manage time? It's very true we don't manage time because there's 24 hours in a day, and time is the great leveler. Oprah has 24 hours. Richard Branson has 24 hours. Tony Robbins has 24 hours. It's very, very true. But I want to tie it back to the vision, that when we know what we're working towards and why we're working towards it, it allows us to figure out what we want to do with each one of our days. And time management is really tied back to a vision of what we're excited about. Our time management, you know, people are, I'm a procrastinator, I've got shiny object syndrome, I can't get anything off of my plate A, living into I am a procrastinator, I can't get out of my own way. Um, But it's really looking at what do I want? Who do I want to be today? Who is it that I want to be, you know, to, to grow into and being that person today and realizing that we are at choice, that we get to choose what we do with our day. And if we don't, sometimes we just need a nap. Sometimes we don't want to push ourselves. But, but aligning our choices, our short-term decision, our long-term vision helps us with our short-term decision. What is your long-term vision of who you want to be? Who is the woman that you want to, to grow into? Is what I'm going to choose in this moment moving me towards her or further away? And sometimes taking a nap is going to move you closer. Sometimes taking the day off and going out with a girlfriend and going shopping and going out to lunch and having a glass of wine is going to move you closer. You can't do it every day and, you know, create a viable business or it would be pretty darn hard. But having that long-term vision allows you to decide who you want to be in the moment and what are the choices that are, are going to move you closer without judgment. And that's, that's the big key, unapologetically and without judgment. Many times I see people making choices because it's what they should do. They're shooting into situations. It's very hard to motivate yourself when you're feeling like you really should do this. You should get up at 5.30, right, and work out. Right. (laughs) It's really hard to get motivated that way. Hmm. I love love that. And it's managing, you know, doing the things I want want to do and still being able to live life. That's one of the things I went into 2018 with. So sad so true, and it works, I literally had to schedule a day off 
for myself, which is Sunday. And I scheduled it, and my mind is, is trying to catch up with this, not doing anything business-related. Because when, when you own your own business, it seems like you're always doing something related to business. And so I literally had to schedule myself a day off, and I'm working towards actually being true to that day. In times that I have, there's a guilt. But I love that, you know, this whole should factor. And I really need to work on getting that out of my head, that whole what I should be doing or, you know, so on and so forth. So I love that and it'll it'll help me feel better about my time, which will help me use it more effectively. And, so, and tell me, if you feel better, will you do better? Will you show up more fully? Th- yes. I, I shut down in the process of writing my book or in the process of any project. I will literally, like, shut everything else down for, you know, a day or two, whatever time I need. I'll let the people that know, because I've gotten text messages and inboxes when I disappear, quote, unquote, so I let them know, hey, I'm shutting down for a couple of days to focus on one thing and or to rest or whatever, and I feel so much better. Like, I feel 150% ready to to do stuff, you know, to, to be better, to do more quality when I take whatever time I need off or to focus on just one thing and nothing else. So, But I'm working on that, that guilt factor, that should factor. So I wanted to ask you, um, why did you start a business in the first place? Because everybody's not a business person. That's a really good question for me, honestly. It's just, it sounds so ethereal, but it's just who I am. I mean, I've always, I've always wanted to work for myself. When I was in eighth grade, I knew I wanted to go to college for business, and I wanted to work for myself. So when I was in college, I had a, a professional cleaning company that I, so I could work around my college schedule. And then I started, once I graduated and played around a little bit, then I started a children's work company, had that for eight years. So we had 56 home sewers, full-time production manager, and we shipped internationally. I, at one point, was like, okay, I'm done with that, sold that, um, and started a catering company, had that for 14 years, and ran my coaching business for the the last two years of the, the, the catering. So for me, it is just simply a way of life, and I am very blessed workers, <laughs> then I just, I find something that lights me up and I think, oh, I want to do that. And I get to go down that pathway. I think what where people get tripped up, where I see people get tripped up is they go down a, a, and they open up a doorway. And it's funny because I just noticed something on your Facebook page. What was it? A, a new door cannot be opened <laughs> until you have the courage to close one, right? Which right. Is so true. So I open up a door and I go down it. Now, that doesn't mean that I have to go down it for the next 50 years. It means I may walk down and find a really cool door on the left that I'm going to go into. Because, you know, we get to choose. So for me, I'm just working for myself. I get to choose how I show up. I get to choose all of it. And I can't even imagine, well, I can on occasion imagine working for somebody because it would be kind of cool on occasion to show up, work, leave, and get a paycheck. 
Right. But <laughs> it's not in alignment with, I would love that for about a month. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, wait a minute, what about this? And have you thought about this? And let's try this. And I get to explore all the things that I want to explore. And that's that for me is really cool. It doesn't fit everybody though. Like and that that's you know, people look at me and they think, Oh my God, you you know, you started so many businesses. It's amazing and it's like it's I what everyone chooses to do is amazing because we are always at choice. So it's just for coaching, I like I said at the beginning, I know what it's like to get a business up and running. And we can do it through sheer tenacity in the beginning. We're excited. We've got the tenacity to get it up and moving. And then we get to that level within our business where we're like, oh, my gosh, now what do I do? Like, I don't really know how to run a business. I don't know how to communicate. I don't know how to lead, and I don't know how to delegate. And now I'm sitting, spinning my wheels, working 80 hours a week, creating a business, which is the exact opposite of why I went into business, which was for, for freedom, fulfillment, flexibility, all of that. So what I bring to the table is helping people to grow and scale while maintaining control and leaving the overwhelm behind so that they can gain their life back and be more profitable. So each business that I've started is because I'm curious about it and it's really cool. And for me now, I get to bring all of those experiences in supporting people in being authentically themselves and bringing their mission to the table in a way that is unapologetic, in a way that allows them to own their zone of genius. How cool is that? All because I was like, oh, that sounds neat. I would love to be able to support people. That's in alignment with who I am. It's very cool. I just want to say that. And I love that you did that. I love that you, you know, said, okay, this will be cool. Let's, let me do this business. Or, you know, that you just didn't have one business, your whole business life, so to speak. And you started and you grew grew them. And I, and I love that because it makes you able to relate to number one, the process. And number two, to people in different areas because one of the things that I've noticed some people and and that's all fine and good but some people business strategists or business coaches or whatever they only can focus in one way and and a lot of times a lot of them some of them don't have that real world experience or that, hey, I've started and I've grown this, and I've started and I've grown this. And for someone like me, I have two very different and distinct businesses. But at the end of the day, you know, so the growth strategy would be different but the same, and I need someone that understands that, that you know, okay, let's start, let's grow. You're in growth stage. This is what you need to do. And... um it could be very frustrating, but I, I love your your gumbo of experience, so to speak. <laughs> with, gumbo, with, I love it. Yes, with, with growing um, business. Now, do you find that people get scared in that growth stage? <laughs> um, on both sides of it, yes. I can, I, uh, 100 and 1,000% yes. 
um, as you were talking, I was remembering that when, because I had catered for 14 years and I went out, I turned 50 in 2015. And a month or so before my birthday, I was like, you know, I think I'm done. I don't really want to cater anymore. When I was at the height of my game, I had, um, you know, making the most money, had the best team, had a great reputation. Like, I was no longer struggling to get, uh, you know, fill my calendar. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. And, and I, it was starting to take more than it gave me. So I was able to choose. Mm. The most difficult component of moving from catering to coaching was the pe- people's expectations of me. I can't tell you how many people said to me, you can't do that. What are you thinking? We love your food. You're great at what you do. Oh, my God, what, why would you do that? So living into other people's expectations of me, it's very. it would have been very easy for me to stay doing what I was doing, A, because I was successful at it, and B, because it, it, I allowed it to define me. I am the caterer. But I chose to not allow it to define me. That doesn't mean that I wasn't uncomfortable at times. It doesn't mean that I didn't second guess my choice to launch from the catering into full-time coaching, which I had been starting to do for two years while I was catering, but couldn't manage a full-time catering company and really launch my coaching business. So it's very fearful for other people to look at what I do because they can't even imagine it. And then I take their energy, and it's very easy for me to pull that, to take, to, to put that cloak around me. Of who, who do I think I am? Oh my God, I should be, I should be grateful, right? I have a hugely successful catering business. Who do I think I am to actually step out and do something different? And for God's sake, I'm 50. You know, no, I didn't, I didn't want to own that. So other people's fear, other people have a great deal of fear when they see people stepping out there, and it's very easy for us to disconnect from our vision of where we want to go and grow to because of other people's perceptions. It's very easy for our mindset to get tripped up on, oh, girl, you should be grateful for what you got. Don't be saying, who do you think I would step out into that bigger space? You can fail. Yeah, I could fail. And guess what else could happen? You could win. Yeah. I could so I could just fly. I'm, it's... It is all a matter of choice. It is all a matter of mindset. And I don't know if you've heard of a, a book. Um, Bronnie, her name is Bronnie Ware. She is a palliative care nurse from, I think, Australia. And she took care of people in the last few weeks of their life and just, you know, she of course, sit and talk with them. And she started noticing a theme. And she actually wrote a book about it. And it was called The, the Top Regrets of the Dying. I think it was the Top Ten Regrets of the Dying. And the number one regret of dying was I wished that I had lived a life true to myself and not what others had expected of me. We mm-hmm. live into others' expectations of who we should be. And then we go through life in discomfort and, and not fulfilled and not full of joy and completely judging ourselves because we're not living up to our, what we, who we know we could be because of somebody else's thought. And often... Often, Valencia, it's what we think somebody else might possibly be thinking about us. It's not even something that they have expressed verbally. So our fears stop us from stepping out and stepping into a bigger place and really owning our brilliance and sharing our gifts. Our fear of what somebody might possibly think of us, that we may possibly disappoint someone. So we put our life on hold. We, we, we shrink our lives because we might tick 
somebody off. We might disappoint somebody. We might make an idiot of ourselves. Well, guess what? Those people who are the most successful, and I'm not talking just financially, I'm talking spiritually as well, have probably made the most mistakes as well. Mm. We have to. It is very egoic of anyone to think that they are going to be hugely successful. Again, not just financially, but hugely successful when they aren't willing to put themselves out there, that they were just naturally gifted, that they could just step into this huge, beautiful, expansive place and own it. It's how we Mm. learn is by trying something new and stepping into a bigger place. And it's like what I started talking about in the beginning. Like we, we as business owners, when we want to grow, and we really need, it's, it's the only way that we can really multitask, right? It's the only way that we can exponentially grow, whether it's our, our income or whatever it is, is, is to grow a team. But we need to be able to lead that team in a way and create a safe environment for people to be innovative, to be creative, so that they can feel successful and bring all of their gifts to the table as well, which is going to support us in getting out and creating more of our mission. That is 100 Sorry, I, I, get a, I could talk about this for hours, so I'm sorry. No, I, I, love, I love that, and I wrote down the book, and, uh, and I'm going to look that up, and that is one hundred percent true. You are hitting home on so many points because at the end of the day, I don't want and I'm and nobody wants to be on their deathbed thinking about all of the things they didn't do because of other people. Because most of the time, the people you're you you know we worry about what they're going to think when you're dying. They're not going to be there. No. And I actually made a list, and I'll recommend this to to anybody, and it encompasses, you know, business and the spiritual side of me and all the sides that is Valencia, including the action adventure side of Valencia. I did, I made a list of 101 lifetime goals, things that I wanted to do, see, or accomplish in, in, in my lifetime. And, of course, I'm, it's it's growing, so it's actually more than 101 now. Um, but one of the things, and someone said, oh, you did a bucket list? No, that's not a, no. There's no bucket here, <laughs> you know. No, this is lifetime goals, things I'm going to do in my life. And having that list gets those things, those desires, those out of my head, even, even with business. And, you know, what do I want to achieve in business? What do I want my family to do? And it helps me. I say this to say it helps me with my business to to make sure that my business fits into my life, not the other way around. Because mm-hmm. I have these things to accomplish. So i got to make sure the business businesses I have and, and run and, and grow that it fits into me still me being able to accomplish those lifetime goals, not if I could accomplish my lifetime goals in between the business. Mm-hmm. See, I brought it full circle. It took a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it was, be- it was beautiful, and it's so true. And that's where we get tripped up is, A, I just want to say statistics show we are 42% more likely to achieve our goals when we write them down, just the simple fact of writing down our goals. 
getting them down on paper, getting them, making them real and looking at them. So the A, kudos to you, like, woof, that, that's awesome. And B, take those lifetime goals and start plugging them into your plan, into your, into your vision, so that you can then start creating the steps. And what happens is, within businesses, we get caught up in the day-to-day activities of our business. And we neglect to carve out time within our week to focus on our goals. Because we have to run a business, right? We can't, we can't operate 24-7 on just going towards our goals because right. when we're creating a business, we have a business that we need to focus on. And if we don't focus on the day-to-day activities that whirlwind within the business, then the business is, it will kill the business. But if we don't carve out the time and specifically target those goals that we want to be achieving, those one or two goals, and, and putting time, chunks of time within our calendar to move towards them, then they don't happen either. They continually stay out there. So the trick is to create, and this is where the time management piece really comes in, is, okay, so what is it going to take to actually run my business, and where am I going to be putting the time in to be stretching beyond and, and achieving my goals? That's the important piece we, that we, we neglect to really observe is when we don't grow, we're probably going to um, to start shrinking at some point within our business. But if we don't focus on the business itself, then we can't, we can't create the goals that we want to create. So we're having both, hold, holding both of those up and scheduling time for both of those, not scheduling time for 27 goals because you can't fit it into the whirlwind of your day. And some of if in if people goals are are like mine, they're going to require money. <laughs> so I have, have to, to have make a plan. Sure, yeah. Right. You know, like, and but one of one or two of them I was able to accomplish uh, last year. And and people think you know their lifetime goals have to be so focused or exotic or whatever, and. One of my lifetime goals was to take a trip driving across America, and I'm in Louisiana, so I'm at the bottom. So we, so me and my husband last year took time off, and and I say that because that's the a benefit to having a business. So I was able to make sure everything in my business was set to where we could take, I think a week and a half, two weeks to accomplish this. It was quite an experience. Um, so and that, I've, been, I've driven to Louisiana. That is quite an experience. <laughs> it, 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 you know, and it's funny when you live in the South, and we did this in April, and you're at the bottom, the weather is one way, and you, you're used to seeing certain things. And as you drive, it, it's some things you miss taking a plane. As you drive, you get to see all these ridiculous things that's on nobody's map throughout America. But that's the experience that I was able to take that time because I do have a a business. And then I made sure that things with my business, it was scheduled around that. So that's just a point I wanted to throw out there. So as we get ready to close, Miss Lisa, I want to know one, what's one tip you would leave the audience with today that has helped you, you know, take that unapologetic approach to growing your business 
because all, all of us could start a business, but that growth thing is a whole other level. So what's the one tip you would leave the audience with in regards to that? I'm going to tie two together if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really knowing who you are and, and not what others expect of you. So knowing knowing what fills you up, knowing the, the woman that you are, knowing knowing where you want to go, but tying that in with boundaries. We need to set structures in place. We need to set boundaries in place that support us in doing the work that we need to do in order to grow our business. So if we are continually putting our work, ourselves on the back burner, to take you and drive the kids here, to help you know, to help out here, to you know, you have a friend that wants to that, that's called you up. We need to set structures in place that support us in saying no intentionally, confidently, and without apology. Yeah. The, the way that we can set those boundaries in place is knowing what our vision is, like who, who we are. Because if we're not super clear on who we are and where we want to go, it's very hard to say no to someone because there's no real anchor that's anchoring you into saying, I'd love to be able to bake 147 cookies for the bake sale tomorrow. Um, but that can't, and I know it's really important, but I can't take the time out right now because this is where I'm headed. It allows you to say no unapologetically. It allows you to say, this is what I'm doing. When we set those boundaries and those structures in place, and I know I said this before, or I think I said this, people, well, people, we teach people how to treat us by the way that we show up and the way that we allow them to treat us. So if we are the ones that are always continually moving our boundaries and our boundaries are optional, then guess what? People are going to treat us that way. So I would say establish your boundaries. What is it that you need to be? Who is it that you, who is it that you need to be? What is it that you need to let go of? in order to establish the boundaries that are going to support you to sustain, to create and sustain the business that is going to allow you the lifestyle. Because if you continually are saying yes to everyone else, that means that you're continually saying no. And when you are saying no to your vision and your goals, that's impacting who you are. It's impacting how you show up. It's impacting your health. It's impacting your bottom line. It's impacting your family. It's impacting your community. Because you're not living up to your true potential. Mm. So establishing those boundaries, but, but in order to establish those boundaries, you have got to know who you are and what you stand for. And of course, say no, which is one of my favorite words, um, and it's helped and me a lot. tremendously. <laughs> in Thank you, I've had a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andy Lamont says no is a complete sentence. Exactly. No explanation necessary. Ms. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome to the Define You Radio family. Now, how can the audience get in touch with you? Oh, you're a thoughtful Valencia. Thank you. They can either email me at lisa at lisadanforth.com, or they can check out my website, uh, which is just lisadanforth.com. I like to keep things nice, neat, and clean, Um, just really easy. And just reach out. I always offer a one-hour free clarity call for someone who is interested in exploring if coaching is is for them or if I would be a good fit for them so that we can sit down and look at what coaching would look like, you know, how how everyone shows up. So if someone is interested in a free clarity call to to reach out via email or just you can go on my website, check me out, and and, um, reach out to me via 
at the website. Yay. And, of course, Ms. Lisa's information will be posted on the Define You Radio's Facebook page. So you guys make sure, don't, don't live in 2018 and not be clear with where you're going. So go ahead and take advantage of that clarity call with Ms. Lisa. I know she helped me get clear. You guys know classes in session, and I have like three pages of notes. <laughs> so with that being said, tonight's quote is, never get so busy making, I jacked the quote up, guys. Y'all know how I do it, you know. Never get so busy to make a life that you forget to make a life. I'm pretty sure that's right and wrong, but you guys get the point. Don't get so busy making uh, making money or, or living in other people's worlds that you forget to make a life for yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, those regrets, it's kind of too late to go back and do stuff. So y'all get it. With that being said, pens and papers down. Class is officially over. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And it's up to you what you do with that. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Make sure you connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pens and papers down. Class dismissed. <laughs>